the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. At 106, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. It is, as just heard the forecast, I mean, it is, um, it's freezing outside, but at least the sun is out. And at least we're getting some melting on this Tuesday, making our way through uh, February. And folks, today is one of the, if you can get through today, then it starts to break up. And uh, the temperature starting tomorrow is going to be much more mild, uh, getting up, as you just heard in the forecast. And then Thursday and Friday, between uh, the warm weather and then some rain, we'll finally um, get rid of a lot of this snow and then uh, slowly start to make our way through the month. All right. This um, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Stop in and see them. There's a great meal waiting for you. Great time. And the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Tonight, of course, uh, the, the big game is Providence College. The PC Friars, ranked 8th in the country, are hosting Villanova, who's ranked 10th. And the game starts at 8 o'clock at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. And uh, it'll be a big crowd watching it uh, at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. Now, I'm also seeing President Biden is going to address the nation coming up at 330 the latest now on Ukraine and Russia. It seems to be, but you can't fully be confident, but it would appear that there's maybe some kind of a de-escalation. Russia pulls troops. Moscow ready for talks. Putin plays peacemaker. We'll see. I don't know. It's, that's, that's a tough one. He is, uh, he's a game player. We could only hope. But then, you know, folks, it, it's also, um, it's interesting. Think of what, what Putin does. All right, I won't attack, but what's in it for me? I mean, that's basically the way that he, um, the way that he operates. But I want to get to um, the situation in Canada, how it's really uh, outrageous what's happening there. And I want to play some sound. Uh, Terrence, Wh- Terrence Williams put out a, a tweet that... Um, Democracy, democracy has died in Canada. Justin Trudeau is authorizing banks to freeze accounts of truckers and people who support the truckers on the basis of suspicion alone, no court order required, with legal immunity. I want to play the uh, the sound of that announcement right here. Canada's anti-money laundering and terrorist financing rules, so that they cover crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers they use. These changes cover all forms of transactions, including digital assets, such as cryptocurrencies. The illegal blockades have highlighted the fact that crowdfunding platforms and some of the payment service providers they use are not fully captured under the Proceeds of Crime and Terrorist Financing Act. Our banks and financial institutions are already obligated to report to the Financial Transactions and Reports Analysis Center of Canada, or FinTrack. As of today, all crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers they use must register with FinTrack, and they must report large and suspicious transactions to FinTrack. This will help mitigate the risk that these platforms receive illicit funds, increase the quality and quantity of intelligence received by FinTrack, and make more information available to support investigations by law enforcement into these illegal blockades. We are making these changes because we know that these platforms are being used to support illegal blockades and illegal activity, which is damaging the Canadian economy. The government will also bring forward legislation to provide these authorities to FinTrack on a permanent basis. Wow. Second, the government is issuing an order with immediate effect under the Emergencies Act, 
authorizing Canadian financial institutions to temporarily cease providing financial services where the institution suspects that an account is being used to further the illegal blockades and occupations. This order covers both personal and corporate accounts. Third, we are directing Canadian financial institutions to review their relationships with anyone involved in the illegal blockades and report to the RCMP or CSIS. As of today, a bank or other financial service provider will be able to immediately freeze or suspend an wow. account without a court order. In doing so, they will be protected against civil liability for actions taken in good faith. Wow. Federal government institutions will have a new broad authority to share relevant information with banks and other financial service providers oh. to ensure that we can all work together to put a stop to the funding of these illegal blockades. Wow. This is about following the money. This is about Terrible. stopping the financing of these illegal blockades. We are today serving notice. If your truck is being used in these illegal blockades, your corporate accounts will be frozen. Wow. Folks, talk about, I mean, extreme measures. They have been peaceful. They are protests. Um, what's happening in, in Canada is just, how, how can they even announce something like that? Why don't they have the right to protest? He has really lost control of the country. You know, President Trump was not a fan of his, and boy, you can see why, but he is, that is rotten what they are, in fact, doing. Now, I want to play, Channel 12 has a story on the victims' families, murder suspects shouldn't be out on bail. This is, um, folks, this is a reflection that, you know, this is the progressives that want the no cash bail and the the progressives it's the the victims that are always the one that comes second um i want to play this is a um channel 12 story about that press conference that happened earlier and i don't blame these families it takes a lot of cards to do it okay Brittany Schaefer. Well, Danielle, the press conference just wrapped up here minutes ago, and there wasn't a dry eye in the room. Providence police say releasing someone who's committed a capital offense into the community is just wrong. One parent saying someone who is shooting someone, it feels as if they got away with murder. Now, both of these suspects were initially held without bail, but during a superior court bail hearing were granted bail and home confinement. Public Safety Commissioner Stephen Perry says the evidence is strong in both cases, yeah. and despite pleas from police and the Attorney General's office, Judge Kristen Rogers set bail. Perry tells Terrible. me while the judge cannot reverse the ruling, this is a public safety issue and something needs to change. The mother of Tyreek Grundy, in tears, barely able to speak as she speaks about the man charged in the 25-year-old shooting death being released. When that monster page got bailed, it was like a slap in the face. Like the judge said, my baby didn't matter. Yep. My baby matters. It's supposed to provide solace and closure to the families. That's not what we're experiencing here. We're left with frustration and further grief. And Commissioner Perry says this is also demoralizing for law enforcement who work long, long hours just to get someone behind bars in these serious homicide cases just for them to be released months later. Now, there's much more coming up on this story, and that will be starting at 12 News now at 4. For now, live in Providence, then Brittany Schaefer, 12 News. You know, that judge, Kristen Rogers, why is she even on the bench? What is this, like a family monopoly? The father was a judge. So she gets to to be a judge. I mean, talk about like inside politics. And I understand Judge Rogers, from what we understand, lobbied the General Assembly, right, in order to uh, make her a judge. 
I mean, how is that okay? Why, why, is, why is she even a judge, Kristen Rogers? How did she qualify to be a judge? What a joke. Now, also, Governor McKee, you know, this whole business of touting that we're number one in the nation. If that's the case, then Rhode Island should be more open than other states. But we're actually behind other states. So what does that mean? It means now schools, school districts, they have to make the decision as the mask mandate is uh, is expiring. Let's go back. This is a report. Uh, Channel 12 did a good uh, piece on this. Again, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro at 116. This is the uh, Channel 12 uh, piece on it. Studio with what some local school committees have decided so far. Yep. Well, Danielle, masks will be strongly recommended but not mandatory in Lincoln and Portsmouth schools starting in March. That according to votes by their respective school committees that took place last night. Now, districts are tasked with creating their own policies since the governor is lifting the executive order that required masks in schools statewide. Last week, Providence schools announced that masks would still be mandatory even after the statewide order ends, citing low vaccination rates among students. Now, that was also a concern brought up at the meeting in Lincoln, as well as in Portsmouth, with a handful of committee members there feeling it was too soon to make masks optional, though the measure ultimately passed. I can appreciate that people are done with COVID and they just want to get back to normal. Um, but as a mother with three small children, I, of course, want that too. But I'm not really willing to do that at the cost of their health. Personally, I'm going to keep wearing a mask, um, at least for a little while. But uh-huh. I certainly support the idea that um, the time may have come to make that optional. If you're, you don't want your children to mask or if you don't want to mask yourself, that's your prerogative. We also need to respect the family that is not ready to unmask. Now, the discussions will continue with mask policies on tonight's agenda for the North Kingstown School Committee. And in East Greenwich, they'll be discussing COVID protocols at their meeting tonight as well. In studio, I'm Kayla Fish, 12 News. You know, the um, notice, though, it should should not um, be missed that Governor McKee, this whole business of touting, that you know, Rhode Island is is number one uh, in in the nation. Touts Rhode Island leading the nation with the high vaccination rate. But if that's the case, then why why isn't why isn't there more freedom in the state on this? Right? Then how come? Why is it we are behind Massachusetts? I want to go to uh, Channel Ten had a good piece on this. By the way, I like the the beard on Mario Hilario, but this was the uh, piece that Channel Ten. Um, did on this. Obviously pleased with the progress and you know, touting it for sure, on huh, Christina? Yeah, that's right, Mario. Rhode Island is leading the country with 80% of the state's population fully vaccinated. And while Governor Dan McKee says this is very encouraging news, he says he doesn't want to stop there. The Ocean State is also third in the nation for boosters at 37%. In Rhode Island, cases are down 94% since last month's peak of COVID cases. Hospitalizations also decreased by 52% since mid-January. Health experts say severe illness from COVID-19 is now preventable because of the vaccinations. Governor Dan McKee says this milestone shows the progress in the health of our state and the future of Rhode Island's economic recovery. We want music in Newport again this summer. I said there would be last year right around this time. We were able to get there in a real safe way. Uh, but, you know, I think celebrating uh, and people should feel really good about the vaccination rates being the, the top uh, state in the country. Yeah, but we're not enjoying but also the freedom show that This is a next step and we'll be rolling out uh, really strong uh, uh, boosting the booster campaign. And Rhode Island is tied for third in the nation for vaccinations among children ages 5 to 11. We're live here from the state. But again, if, if that's, he, here's what, what, why I have a problem with this story. And folks, again, good afternoon. It's, um, it's 119. You're listening to the John DePietro show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Um, but what I, what I have a problem with is then, but then why are we behind Massachusetts in, Loosening the mask mandate with our children. Governor McKee now thinks that he can take bows. I told you I'd have music in Newport. What? What? First of all, what, what are you talking about? It's outside. It's not until the summertime. That's that's not what people have been objecting. The the lar- largest 
I think the loudest cries and objections have been forcing children with these mask mandates. It also doesn't excuse him giving money to these state workers in the form of a $3,000 bonus out of our money. I, I don't believe Channel 10 should have done that, that package. That is a PR fluff package. Um, I, all right, you know, if Governor McKee thinks he's now going to make his way around the state doing a victory lap and uh, to applause and, you know, marching in the Bristol Fourth of July parade and I did it, I told you I'd do it, um, I, I think he's in for a real awakening because I don't get the sense that that's how people feel. And based on what we have gone through the past few months and the foolish, think of this, we're not even, Dr. Scott hasn't even started collecting her 46000 a month. I think it's premature for Governor McKee to start taking bows. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is purchased by Brothers Disposal. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517. They'll put a dumpster in your driveway. If you're going to clean out your house, your basement, get rid of some unwanted belongings. Brothers Disposal, 401-688-0517. Call Brother Roland. They're also on Facebook. It's Brothers Disposal. Well, folks, I want to get to uh, some other sound that we have. It's... um. 122 McKee touts when I'm leading the nation with high vaccination rate. I, I just don't accept this foolishness uh, that somehow, you know, the way businesses have been harmed, the way that there's no uh, tax cuts. I I just don't. Um, I I I don't accept his PR move. That somehow we're leading the nation and all this nonsense. I don't, um, I, I just don't buy that as a matter of fact. Uh, it, that, that somehow, I told you if we all, it, people have been doing it. I, I don't look at it as something that that is the result of his administration. I don't see that like that. All right, let's get to some other um some other news. Wholesale price inflation is up 10%. Also, the latest on the Durham report. Now, you don't hear a lot of the media are not covering it. A lot of the media are not covering it. Fox is all over it. This is uh, Senator Florida Senator Marco Rubio on Fox talking about the bombshell that Hillary Clinton was spying on the Trump campaign. The Durham investigation and what you've heard about that so far, your thoughts? This is a big deal. I mean, it, it's shocking to me that this is not receiving more coverage in the press. I don't think any of the Sunday shows mentioned it. But what we're talking about here is not simply the, you know, the, the probe that you're using data scientists to make up a story or links to between Trump and Russia, but the White House. Apparently there was a private company that had a contract to manage servers for the President of the United States and the White House, and they were sharing in Information to help build a narrative for a political operation. And you know why? The, this is all proven true. It would be one of the biggest political scandals in American history. It would be a crime, no doubt about it. And it would tell you why these people think they can get away with it. They think they can get away with it because the media will not report on it. If this was the other way, if this was a story about how the Trump campaign had hired some data experts and others to go out there and, and do do this to uh, President Clinton, this would be like we wouldn't be able to talk about anything else around here. Yeah. No, he's exactly right. And also, um, President Trump, he he did. President Trump, that was that interview with Leslie Stahl with 60 Minutes, where he was mentioning that he felt that they were spying on the the campaign and, and on his administration. And the, the media would not would not do anything about it. So um, let's see. I'm just seeing some some other headlines. Uh, oh my God! Who wrote that in the Globe? Chad Finn. A good move for the Patriots would be rehiring Brian Flores. I, after him leaking the Belichick text, I don't. <laughs> I think that ship has sailed. I think that ship has. I think that ship has sailed. 
I'd be very surprised if they end up hiring him. You know what else, folks? Um, there's a story in the Boston Globe, private citizens, how private citizens are taking Rhode Island's housing crisis into their own hands. And these people started a, a makeshift shelter, Operation Hunker Down, where without any type of permission, uh, the former American Lithuanian Citizens Beneficial Club, they're now just allowing these homeless people to live there. What if there's a fire? What if something happens? What if someone is injured? What if someone, I mean, what, the, as much as parts of the state are declaring war on the Airbnb, how can someone just set up a shelter in that way? I mean, yeah, it does sound noble. Isn't that nice? They're helping these people and all different things. They do different than a shelter. And they allowed the reporter in. But who's responsible if something happens? Who's responsible if this thing goes sideways? Who's responsible if someone is, in fact, either, you know, shot or if there's a fire or someone is injured or ODs or trips or whatever it may be? How is it that that is then? um, How is that? allowed how come they are not being forced to follow a lot of the guidelines that normally would come in is if you know this guy just says you know what i'm gonna have a shelter and i'm gonna call it operation hunker down okay that's great if somebody wants to open a restaurant if someone wants to open a business i don't think people have any idea the hoops they make people jump through I repeat, I don't think, you know, they, they, they make exceptions on something like that where regular business people, because it's seen as like something noble, we're just going to let people sleep here. Um, I think a little consistency would, would be in order. Folks, good afternoon at 126. Again, President Biden is going to address the nation later this afternoon regarding the situation in Ukraine. I want to remind you on this nice sunny Tuesday, if you're out and about, why not pop in and see our friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. She has uh, vitamins, herbal remedies, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices. It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Now, it's a nice sunny day. Maybe you're out there right now, right in the diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant at the corner of Martin Street and Menden Road. You'll friend our, see our friend Maria. It's my health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Folks, as always, visit the website, depetro.com, depetro.com, which is brought to you by the Centerdale Revival. Stop it and see Shane and Company, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. Either a drink or having dinner, they're waiting for you at the Centerdale Revival, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence. So, folks, again, the um, the latest news at um, 129 on this Tuesday, as we've been watching the situation, we'll have to um, see what President Biden says this afternoon. I'm also seeing Prince Andrew has apparently settled the lawsuit suit against him. The payoff is confidential. And also, as far as the Super Bowl, viewership tops 112 million. Best in seven years. Um, Some other headlines. Uh, School boards get death threats amid rage over race, gender, mask policies. You know, as I've talked about in the past, the school committees, the school boards, for a very long time, they were seen... As just these, uh, you know, sleepy type of who went to a lot of the meetings. A lot of people, they were not heavily attended. And now that all of that has changed. And and by the way, I, I think it's changed for the better. I know the unions don't like it. And a lot of the people that in the past that the unions would even... Uh, decide and put some of their own members on these school committees and then push through uh, different things. Like former Mayor Mike Traficani would push a lot of 
union things through uh, with with the Cranston School Committee. And folks, again, it's it's not as if there's tremendous learning that's that's going on. The education system um, certainly needs to be revised. You know, I'm looking yesterday. I posted. What did you think on the Facebook page? I'm looking right now. Greatest halftime show or terrible? I just saw 764 comments. <laughs> Which is funny to me. Um, there's a lot of people that don't know who's maybe their rep is, who their state senator is, um, what's going on exactly in... Um, uh, with um, what's going on in Congress, but they they certainly you know they know that they know they 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 are willing to discuss um exactly you know who performed at the Super Bowl on on Sunday that part their people are all in on uh, on discussing and learning. Which I would not say that that's one of the more uh, important topics. All right, I want to get to uh, more sound that we have. Let's see. Um, The inflation continues to be a huge, huge problem. Small business owners raising prices because of Biden's inflation. I want to hear. Here we go. Here Growing go. number of small business owners say they are passing higher costs on to their customers. The latest CNBC Survey Monkey Small Business Survey finds 47% of small business owners are raising prices up eight points from the fourth quarter. Another 32% say they will have to raise prices if inflation persists. And most think it will persist. 75% say inflation will still be a problem six months from now. And only 28% have confidence in the Fed's ability to tame it. Growing number of small business owners say they are passing higher costs on to their customers. The latest CNBC SurveyMonkey Small Business Survey finds 47% of small business owners are raising prices up eight points from the fourth quarter. You know, that's, that's going to affect the elections. Without question, that's going to affect. That's going to affect. Uh, I don't know if that's going to affect Congressman David Cicilline's election. But it is definitely going to affect uh, the CD2 race. All right. There's another piece that we have on inflation. Here it is. This was on um, CNN. Here we go. Inflation running hot. These are factory level numbers, John. Wholesale uh, price inflation, 9.7%. The inflation rate, the 12-month inflation rate, that is a really hot number. It matches a record high. They've only been taking these numbers since about 2010, but it shows you uh, that factories are passing on some big costs to businesses who, of course, are passing them on to you. Month over month, a 1% increase. I've been covering these numbers a long time, John. It is so rare to see a one-month move of 1%. These are numbers that are usually measured in tiny little uh, increments, one or two tenths. That's how bad it is. And that's what I also would argue, that I just don't think... Um, that Governor McKee even realizes. I don't think the media has been paying attention enough at just how bad it is. And and that is one of those things. Again, folks, at 134, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I would argue that that's something that becomes that people vote on. That people vote on. All right, I want to go, um, Tucker Carlson, I want to play. He had a good piece about the situation in Canada last night with the truckers and what Justin Trudeau is, is bringing martial law to Canada. I want to play some of that. Against them, the Prime Minister of Canada Here refused to meet with them. This is Tucker Carlson last night. Instead, he fled the city. And then from his bunker, he called the truckers Nazis. When they still didn't leave the city, Justin Trudeau suspended democracy and declared Canada a dictatorship. The federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations. The Emergencies Act will be used to strengthen and support law enforcement agencies at all levels across the country. 
This is about keeping Canadians safe, protecting people's jobs, and restoring confidence in our institutions. So let's be clear. This is a defining moment in the history of Canada and the history of the English-speaking West. The Emergencies Act is martial law. It has never been invoked in the history of that country. Now, by law, the Emergencies Act is allowed only in emergencies, in, quote, urgent and critical situations that seriously endanger the lives, health, or safety of Canadians. What's happening now does not qualify. What's happening in Canada now is not an emergency. Here's what it looked like this weekend. Looks like a party. Totally peaceful. It's like a festival. Nothing wrong there. According to Justin Trudeau, everyone you saw in that tape is a terrorist, even the kids in their bouncy castles. Justin Trudeau has unilaterally revoked their civil liberties and authorized men with automatic weapons to haul them to jail. Trudeau was allowed for the arrest of this man, for example, making food for the terrorists. You can receive a free meal, irregardless of what faith you're from, what caste, creed, religion, doesn't matter. It's about the community kitchen we all eat as one and humanity's equal. So the seva concept, helping the community is what we're practicing here today. We're here alongside the truckers in the fight for freedom, and we're doing our part from the sick faith. So, again, all of these people can now be arrested on site simply because of where they're standing. But being arrested is the least of their problems. An arrest suggests bail. You can get out of jail. You can't get out of the country Justin Trudeau has just made. Under martial law, Trudeau now has the power to force banks to seize their bank accounts and insurance companies to cancel their insurance. That means they can't actually live in Canada anymore. They are non-persons. They're enemies of the state. And they will be crushed. At least one trucker knows exactly what's coming. He has seen him before. He came to Canada from Nikolai Ceausescu's Romania. Why did one people meant to vote? Why 100 people, 180 or 200 people to decide your life for my or another? Right. Let the Canadian people. Yeah. No. Well, for us too, all those people voted. When, when some people, they decide your life, like 300 people, they decide your life when you are 30 million. Yeah. Let us vote. So it is it an overstatement to compare what is happening in Canada right now to what happens in a Stalinist dictatorship? Well, the slogans are different. In the Eastern Bloc, they used to talk about solidarity. In Canada, they talk about diversity. But the repression is similar. Today, Canada's deputy prime minister, by the way, is a former American journalist, maybe not surprisingly, announced that going forward, Justin Trudeau will regulate all crowdfunding and cryptocurrency under the Terrorist Financing Act. Really? So Justin Trudeau is now in charge of all of your finances. Mm. He's in charge of cryptocurrency? How How does that work? And on what justification? And if that wasn't clear enough, Trudeau's minority government unilaterally just sent another half a billion dollars to the authoritarian state of Ukraine where the head of the rival political party is now under arrest and where opposition media has been banned. That's the country they're now in solidarity with. Hmm. Folks, again, um, good afternoon at 139. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. The the actions of, think of, of how different these truckers and the people supporting them, how they're being treated compared with, as you know, Black Lives Matter was treated uh, a lot of the Democrat progressive protesters retreated. It is it is really just night and day. This portion of the John DePietro show, folks, is brought to you by, remember, if you're in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Front Motor Body. With all this snow and ice and the melting, if someone damages your vehicle, call West Front Motor Body, 3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence, the original, the best. It's West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. I want to come back to, um, I, I feel terrible for these families where their loved ones are victims of crime. 
And that judge, Kristen Rogers, when you think about it, first of all, how, how did, you know, I mean, I already know the answer to that. And that is her father was a judge. So then he made sense, made sure that then the daughter. But as someone had told me also in the past, not only I think she's married to a state trooper. I believe she is or was. And someone was saying, and I think the brother has a state job. So it's not that long ago that someone was um, making a point to me that Rhode Island should should uh, have a, a law or statue or whatever you want to call it, a rule that no more than two family members can have state jobs. That's four. I think it's at least four between Judge Rogers and the daughter gets on the bench. Then I think the brother has a state job. And then I, I believe she's married to a state trooper. So that's that's for what 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 just that one family is costing the, the state of Rhode Island is 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 very high. Um, and it, it shouldn't be. You know, that's that's why this business of Governor McKee. Well, we're going to give three thousand dollar bonuses to state workers uh, as like a retention bonus, you know that that's people are not leaving these state jobs. I mean that that's ridiculous. No, he's trying to buy votes. That's exactly what he's doing. And I did hear from someone in the McKee camp, so to speak, that said that's a little harsh. That's a little harsh trying to buy votes. That's I I would say that that's that's very accurate of what's going on. I don't know if it's harsh. I like the word accurate. I'd say it's very accurate with um, with with what is happening, folks. At one forty-two. All right, I want to play. Um, let's see. We have more sound that I want to play. Um, okay, starting with uh, Good Morning America. Certainly seems White House assesses chance of Russian invasion among rising tensions. This is the uh, Good Morning America piece on this from earlier today. Exactly right, George. From a threat perspective, officials are telling me that nothing has changed. They are still engaged in diplomacy. They say the door to that is open. But I am hearing that the administration still very much believes we are in this window for a possible invasion at any time. We are talking about at any day. White House still believes that Putin has not made up his mind whether or not to, to invade. And they are particularly concerned here about what we've been calling this false flag operation, yep. where Russia could essentially lie about it in attack to justify an invasion. And George, we're also learning this morning that behind the scenes, the White House has been working on these drills. They call it Tiger Team. We're talking about exercises that are, have included cabinet members, uh, extensive planning. They're going through scenarios of how they would respond if an invasion does indeed happen. And George, you know this, President Biden has been promising swift and decisive action. He says potentially sanctions like Russia has never before seen, including George possibly targeting Putin himself. All justified if this happens. I mean, listen, the guy is evil. He is absolutely evil and needs to be taken out. Now also, folks, good afternoon at 144. I also just want to play this heartbreaking story regarding this um, a girl that was stabbed to death and killed in New York on, I think it was Saturday night. Uh, this is another piece that I heard. Here we go. Really? Terrible. This morning, a community gripped with grief after the brutal murder of 35-year-old creative producer Christina Yuna Lee, her alleged killer, appearing in court late Monday. Authorities say these security camera images, now part of their investigation, capture the suspect, 25-year-old Asamad Nash, following Lee into her Manhattan building early Sunday morning, grabbing a knife from her kitchen before fatally stabbing her multiple times in her apartment. Nash trying to flee from the fire escape, taken into custody after a brief standoff with police. Officials say he is homeless, out on supervised release on three open cases, including one where he allegedly punched a stranger on the subway. He also has an extensive criminal history in New Jersey. Nash now facing murder, burglary, and sexually motivated burglary charges. So far, he has not been charged with a hate crime. Christina's murder are not going considered hate crimes, but that does not diminish 
the fear, the real fear that we as Asians, as Asian women especially, are feeling. Lee's employer Spice tweeting, our hearts are broken. Always dedicated to making beautiful and inclusive work, Christina is irreplaceable. Her haunting murder coming amid a disturbing spate of crime in New York City. Just last month, 40-year-old Michelle Goh was randomly pushed to her death in the subway by a ah. suspect authorities said was homeless and mentally ill with several prior arrests. According to the major city's Chiefs Association violent crime report, homicides in the United States increased by more than 36% in the last two years. But experts stress there is no national data suggesting that those experiencing homelessness commit more acts of violence than the general population. And back here in New York, the mayor calling this crime the definition of horrific, saying this type of violence will not go unchecked. Prosecutors now looking into whether or not this suspect targeted Lee or committed this crime based on racial motivation. They say so far there is no evidence of racial bias here. Michael. Well, you know, they can say that, but, but there is without question a pattern of what has been happening with a lot of these uh, crimes. Folks, good afternoon. Again, at 146, it's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. On this sunny Tuesday, it's, uh, it's pretty chilly out, as you can imagine. But the good news is it's, um, it is slowly going to start to warm up. And in, in, uh, it will be cold tonight, but then, as you heard in the forecast, um, over the next three days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it will... Slowly start to warm up and uh, we'll get a lot of melting, but it's um, still better than the alternative, which would be, um, well, what would be the alternative? I suppose that if we were back in November and we still had the whole winter ahead of us, as opposed to at least we're getting inching that much closer to spring. Folks, as always, visit the website depetro.com and depetro.com, which is purchased by Surplus Provisions. This great store, very unique Located one mile from Garden City, Tanya and Frank, you can find them on Facebook, Surplus Provisions, where they have uh, pepper spray, they have tactical gear. When I go out and cover a lot lot of different things, you want to make sure that you're protected. Um, Stop by Surplus Provisions, and it's, you know, pepper spray always comes in handy. People are definitely off, and you want to make sure you're protected. Stop in at Surplus Provisions, one mile from Garden City. And I also want to um, once again remind people to protect your home and business. You can depend on Allstate Lock. Experts in locking systems and building security, residential, commercial, car key security cameras online at AllstateLock.com or call them at 401-349-0042 for Allstate Lock. Well, folks, right now at 148, again, the big news, President Biden is going to address the nation coming up this afternoon at 3.30. And the topic is going to be the situation with Russia and Ukraine. Um, as we talked earlier, I mean, when, when you think about it, I mean, right now, um, what, what I don't know. I don't know if they have a full handle on what Putin is planning. You know, you don't have one hundred thirty thousand troops on the Ukrainian border unless you're planning on doing something with them. So it still remains unknown. Um, but that that you know that situation really um, the really really takes precedent over anything else. And again, the president's going to speak a little bit later. Um, I think it's funny some of the comments online about that Justin Trudeau. We fully support your right to protest unless it's against me. (laughs) Uh, Trudeau has no legal justification for invoking the Emergencies Act. It's never been invoked before, not even on 9-11 or the 2014 terrorist attack on Parliament. Trudeau calls the truckers terrorists, but if you've seen some of the footage, if anything, it just, it seems like a big winter festival. I I don't know how much that's then going to trickle down um, rallying and certainly donating to the truckers. But something to watch is President Biden's State of the Union is two weeks from tonight. 
And that's when we're seeing, and there is some movement regarding whether or not there's going to be some type of convoy in in our country and they're going to head to Washington for the for the uh, President Biden's State of the Union. So that is a developing story to watch. Let me also see, let's see, Russian President Putin raised the specter of a major military assault in an apparent bid to secure diplomatic concessions from Ukraine and NATO. May have just blinked. I, I'm not convinced of that just yet. Um... You know what else is they are moving closer to this national no-fly list. Let me just say, I also saw this story. The dangerous reason you should never change your seat on a plane. Hmm. This is, I haven't heard that. A flight attendant warned you why you should never change your seat for a rather scary reason. Um, a number of the fun facts about life member, a crew member. One recent video, she told her followers should never change seats on a plane without telling crew for a dangerous reason. Here's a quick little fun fact about planes. Before we take off, what we always do is we call a weight balance. Make sure the weight is good on the plane, the balance okay. Change your seat, you're actually changing the balance of the plane. All right, well, that's, that is certainly important on smaller aircraft. But... This idea that they seem to be moving closer to a national no-fly list um, is intensifying uh, amongst the airlines. How about over the – this is the second incident where they had a guy that was trying to get into the cockpit. Did you hear about that? The largest U.S. airlines have been working with the Biden administration creating a national no-fly list that would ban – that would ban from commercial carriers the worst of unruly passengers as attacks on flight attendants, airport gate agents, and fellow travelers increase. Discussions among the carriers, homeland security, transportation have intensified. Uh, the effort highlights the industry's increasing push more effective ways of quelling the jump in unruly passengers. It, it is ridiculous since the pandemic era requirement to wear mask complaints was imposed. Of 6,000 reports last year 72 percent were related to masks agency launched investigation of 1,000 serious incidents more than three times the previous high since they've been collecting data the current mask mandate is set to expire march 18th the biggest stumbling block has been uniform standards for when someone would be included in the list um and whether it amounts to a full ban on air travel for life would be warranted. Transportation Secretary Mayor Keat has set a unified no-fly list, including at least some passengers banned by individual airlines, something the government's considering. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say this. It certainly makes sense. If you have people that are repeatedly getting arrested and causing problems on a flight, um, you know, flying is not a right it's a privilege, and, you know, I, I actually don't have a problem with this. Flight attendants unions flow to the idea of adding the names of those involved in since the government's no-fly list. While airlines maintain their own internal lists, they haven't been willing to share the names with competitors because of privacy concerns. So what happens is someone causes a major disruption on, you know, American, and then going forward, then they just buy their next ticket on Southwest, well, then they fly it on Delta. And and then they're starting to find out that, you know, this the same person that caused problems. But when you have people charging the cockpit, you know, that's that's a major problem. And it was all because of a lot of this is stemming from the masks. A lot of this is... Um, is, is stemming from the mask. Now, also, Rhode Island College say they plan to hire a search firm, create a search committee to find a new president of Rhode Island College. Comes amid a buzz that Jim Langevin wants the job. He should not be given the job. They have criteria. He does not have a PhD and therefore should not be given the job as president of Rhode Island College. 
I don't believe he should. Now, there's going to be more pushback on seeing other people are writing about these families that attended a press conference earlier because of um, the fact that the the judge, and it's the same judge, by the way, that is allowing and granting bail to people that are, you know, high-level murder suspects. I don't. I don't blame the families for being upset. And it seems to be this judge, Kristen Rogers. And I, I don't have an answer. And I don't see anyone else with an answer on why is it that this judge, who became a judge because her father was a judge, and Judge Rogers was able to get his daughter on the bench, right? Let's call it for what it is. That's exactly what happened. Uh, there's a lot of people that want to be a judge. Why did she become a judge? Why was she made a judge? She was made a judge because her father made sure that she became a judge. So I commend these families for speaking out. But then you just have to you know, question the whole process that Judge Rogers worked overtime to get his daughter on the bench. And it should not be allowed in that manner. So the... Um, Folks, and again, good afternoon at 157. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Again, this portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breaknick Hill Road in Lincoln. Tonight, 8 o'clock. This is a big-time college basketball game happening at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. The number 8th-ranked PC Friars. Take on Villanova, who's ranked 10th in the country. Boy, if Providence wins, it could creep up even, however you describe it, higher or lower. I mean, I would like to think higher, right, you, or lower in the poll. No, higher in the poll. Climb to maybe even six, five. Is it possible that the PC Friars, the Providence College Friars with Coach Cooley, could end up being a number one seed NCAA March Madness. Are people going to start talking about a possible Final Four appearance? Tonight will uh, go a long way. You know, I know a lot of people are saying, or some people I should say, are saying that tonight is the biggest game ever at the dunk. Um, I still think when PC beat number one Michigan. Now, granted, there was no Big East at the time. Bob Savages was on the team. Uh, Soup Campbell's on the team. Michigan was ranked number, number one in the country. And it was triple overtime. I, I I was very young at the time, but remember that. Um, I don't even think it was on television. I think Chris, Chris Clark called the games on the radio for the Friars. I, I think that would still be considered the biggest game. Um, then you go back when, uh, you know, Rick Pitino had some big teams, especially that 87 team that then went to the final four with Billy Donovan. But when Ernie and Marvin were on the PC team of 73, when they went to the final four, and then Marvin Barnes got hurt, and they lost to Memphis State, and they were blowing Memphis State out. PC beat Maryland in the Eastern Regional to go to the final four. But that season, they played UCLA out at, out at UCLA, what's now called Pauley Pavilion. Uh, Ernie had the flu, and that was Bill Walton in UCLA, and then that would have been the dream matchup. Uh, Had Marvin Barnes not got hurt, that would have been PC against UCLA for the national title, but it did not happen. Folks, listen, it's 159. Stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news and then the John Dion program. It's John DePietro. I will be doing Facebook Live later. In the meantime, uh, stay warm on this Tuesday and stay tuned. WNRI Winsocket.